Hi, listener. I'm so glad you're here listening in. For this episode of the podcast, I invited my friend Sean Davis back to tell us a little bit about herself. I found out she's a spirit-filled salsa dancer. I didn't even know that was a thing. And I'm so glad it is a thing. I had so much fun during the conversation, it went in directions I didn't even plan on, and these types of talks are always the best. We talked about the coffee and donut culture in the church, and why I think all Western church members should go on missions trips where you have to dig holes in the dirt to poop. We also talk about worshiping through painting, the beauty of worship through different cultures, and how the church is falling asleep. Ready to hear our ramblings? Hey, you asked for it. Hey, welcome to Chasing the Kingdom, where our goal is to provide hope and wisdom for spirit-led entrepreneurs. I'm John Balawit, and I believe God wants to use entrepreneurs to make the world better. Romans 8.19 says that the world is decaying and groaning for the revealing of God's sons and daughters. And that means the world needs you. And there are problems that can't be solved until you step into your God-given identity. If you want to stir up those gifts, then you're in the right place. Let's get hyped up for today's show. We talked about creativity in the last episode yes. with Sean, Shanique Davis. <laughs> and as I said before in the in the previous episode, she is a creative uh, and she's also a worship pastor for Discovery Church. And would just love to know, Sean, a little bit about you. Who is Shanique Davis? Whoa, that is a loaded question. <laughs> Very. It's impossible to answer that question, by the way. But if you could give us a little glimpse into who you are, that would be great. Sure. For the sake of for the sake of context, I will talk about some of the things that I do and um that I'm known for. But I once had a creative mentor tell me that you aren't what you do. Who you are is 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 so much more than the things that you do. So make a puzzle. <laughs> um, Man, I am, I am a worship pastor. I can start there. A worship pastor. Um, I have been leading worship for twenty plus years, and I just started officially worship pastoring last year at Discovery Church. And blessing. I am a worshiper. That's what I do. But my worship doesn't. Uh, at the singing on the Sunday mornings. He worship is my creativity. So I worship art. I worship song. I worship dance. Um, and those are just a few things that I do, but I also feel like anytime that you are expressively creative anywhere with, a, with, 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 with the end of God, I feel like that is worship unto the Lord. So I also acting and I love to do that. It's so fun. Um, so any kind of really creative art I do, I do hair, <laughs> um, you dance, you dance and, you know, um, things that I do, but, um, who I am is a worshiper. I think that, uh, if I had to sum it up, I would say I am a worshiper. That is incredible. You know, you let's go there a little bit. You said that. 
worship is beyond what you do or it's be definitely beyond singing what is worship to you i think it's any true authentic expression of who god made you to be um and right. it with the intention of glorifying the lord right so for example you can be a baker and if you're doing it as unto the lord in excellence of gratitude as unto the lord to glorify him like that is worship so for me worship is your life your authentic life who god made you to be not who not the version of yourself that you portray in order to survive in this hard world it is who god authentically created you to be and i can't talk about that without talking about creativity being a part gifts gives us uh, to do in the world. And when we do those things as unto the Lord in excellence, um, that's making our light shine. And then it glorifies our Father in heaven. People see the good works that we do. Worship is using all that you have. That means the breath that you breathe. That means the life that you're living. It means the choices that you make. It means how you speak. It's everything about who you are. Um, and you do it in excellence as unto the Lord. I think that that's Amen. I was thinking about worship, um, you know, what it is. And, you know, some people think like worship is when you go to a group of people and there's a band sit on a stage and you sing songs to God. And to me, that's always been such a sad description because if I'm honest, I, the most powerful worship experiences I've had were when I was alone. And, you know, I, I've talked about in the episode, like when I got saved, I really didn't want to be a Christian. I thought Christians were weird, but when I found out that God was real and that he loved me, I was like, yes, I want this. Um, and I was saved in a Catholic church and um, I didn't have like the nice bands and everything. I mean, you've, you, you know, from Catholic church, right? It's very like, very somber. And, and in fact, I would like, I would be so filled with the spirit during mass. I would lift my hands up to God and I didn't know why I was doing it. I just felt like I better lift my hands when I'm singing. And I was like maybe one of the only people who were singing with the organist, like hallelujah, right? And it offended the priest because the priest like talked to me afterwards and he would say, Hey, you know, you yeah. you don't yeah, you don't do that here. Like you do that in your own time. And I was like, but something even even in my lack of knowledge of what Christianity was, I knew I had to do that. So when I, like God eventually told me, hey, um, I want you to leave the Catholic church and I want you to go to non, a non-denominational church. Um, it it just felt like the public worship, the group worship was only an addition. Like everything had to start from me being alone because that's that's how I felt. I experienced God. And so I had this foundation of like, this is where worship starts. 
when you're alone with God. And then when I get around people, that's just like gets fed from that. Does that make yeah. sense? Of course, definitely. At Discovery, we have um, one of our core values is abiding. There's this scripture that says, abide in me and I will abide in you. And we are really focused on as staff members, I'll say, and, and as the church and a whole, as a whole, but as staff members particularly, we're really focused on making sure that we have that personal time with the Lord because everything that you do should flow from that space. Um, if you are being a parent and you have to take care of your children, it should flow from the space of having been filled by the Spirit when you spent time with the Lord. Otherwise, you're just dealing with your raw human emotions in this world when you're dealing with your child. And that may not always be the best, you know, way to deal with your child. So everything you do should, as far as worship is concerned, it should flow from the space of having that personal time with right. God. Business owner, you should be doing that as well. Because why? You need discernment and you need wisdom on how to run your business well and in excellence that will be in such a way that will glorify the Lord. If you're not spending time with the Lord in that way, you'll be basing it off of your own understanding. Right. And that could lead you in good spaces. It also could lead you in bad spaces, <laughs> you know, bad places, things like that. So, yeah, worship is definitely living life, but from the space of having from the space of having been filled with the Holy Spirit and having that personal time with God first, like live through that space. Don't let that be an afterthought. And to be honest with you, that is something I think that everyone Christians just struggle with in general. It's not like a perfect thing. Like, I mean, everyone has done something or been a parent or operated a business from the space of their own understanding at some point. You know, it, it is what it is. But to be intentional about spending time with the Lord and, and, and uh, remaining in his presence, abiding in the secret place to be able to receive instruction on how to live. That's worship. That's worship. Yeah. That's great. Now, you're also a dancer. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you like were a semi-pro salsa dancer, right? Yes. What's the history with that? This is a very interesting history. Um, so I always have had a love for languages. I thought that I would be uh, an interpreter for the United Nations when I was in high school. And so anyway. And I, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's yeah. great. I actually have a bachelor's in Spanish. Um, but I in high school, I, I took three years of Spanish and I was the president of the Spanish club. Well, <sighs> during this time, there was the... I don't know how this even occurred or how this happened, but there were there was another school, other schools actually that had obviously had Spanish clubs, but somehow these dance teams began to form in these schools and they began to compete. And um like at actual like competition, regional competitions from the Spanish club. <laughs> so anyway, my um instructor, the teacher at the time was like, Sean, you need to start a, a club. And I was like, Hey, I don't know how to dance this stuff, you know? Like and she was like, You gotta start a club. So I uh, started a, start a dance club within the Spanish club. And I was like, cool. So I had a bunch of Hispanic friends who taught me salsa. Well, of course, I loved it. Fell in love with it. Fell in love with it. We competed. We got second place. You know, I think we should have gotten first. It's fine. I'm over it. <laughs> I think. It's been years. Anyway, we got second. you don't sound over it. <laughs> I'm going to prayer because I just, <laughs> and then obviously I graduated from high school and um I want to say some years later um 
I always, I always loved dance. I always loved it. And uh, there was this dance studio that had started or that was, I was driving down the road and I saw this dance studio called Sapphire's Dance Studio. And I don't know, I just felt compelled. I just felt compelled. I was like early 20s and I walked in and I just, like, someone just told me to go in and I went in there and I was like, hi, I'd like to speak to the manager. And the manager was there and I was like, hi, I'd like to teach for you guys. <laughs> no dance, no professional dance training. Just, just the little bit I knew from high school, right? Mm. And he was just like, really? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, great. When can you start training? And I was like, what? And so he wow. took his wing and he trained me in ballroom dance, actually. So I started with like Foxtrot and the waltz and swing and all those fancy dances. And they made me do that for a little minute before they would let allow me to teach Latin. And finally, I got professionally trained in the Latin dances. And began to teach Latin. And so uh, I taught there for about a couple of years and I I loved it. And that was just like a quick little season of my life. But uh, I continued to dance once I left there, obviously, um, and loved it ever since and still and still love it. I still dance to this day, obviously. So I'm going tonight, actually. <laughs> yeah. Salsa heat? <laughs> Not salsa heat. There's actually a, stu- uh, a, a Christmas party at Tato's Dance Studio in Oh. I think I'm gonna try that. You know, you're gonna drive two hours. Well, Tampa actually is not as far as Orlando. I'm, you know, I'm currently still in Arbondale, so I'm still in. Okay. We're working on moving up to the Claremont area within the next year. So okay, Winter Garden area. So I'm really excited about that. The spirit of Christ compels you to salsa. Salsa. So that's how Nan started. But um, I also, of course, going back to like church and stuff like that i i did like um liturgical like praise dancing in church as well dances it's just creativity and when you have think about creatives the thing about the creative power of god that that he has the right to express himself however he wants to express himself i may paint i may do hair i may dance i may act i may sing it's all creativity. And so at the end of the day, it's just an expression. And so I did for churches for a long time, um, like the liturgical praise dancing and things like that. And that was really beautiful and fun as well. So I remember I went to a, a worship um, th- thing. Um, I think it was in the land. And um, I didn't know you were going to be there. And you were painting during the worship. I thought that was so cool. What? Yeah. Yeah. I... I do paint during worship and I do, uh, I love, I love to do that. I've, um, you know, it is, it's just like, it's just a a moment with the spirit of God that you're, you're creating something with God's spirit in that moment. And for me, painting during a worship service anyway, my first, my approach is always to say, okay, Lord, what is it that you might want to create? Because my goal is only to be the vessel. He has a message or an image that he's trying to get to somebody else. Maybe the image is for me. Maybe the image is for someone else. But I need to be uh, open to whatever that might look like. And so I always just say, hey, Lord, what what is it that you want to you wanna say? Um, and what kind of ideas do you have? And so I'll just allow myself a moment really quickly to kind of pause and let the Holy Spirit bring any images to my mind. Um, bring me, maybe bring a word to my mind. I remember um, once I was painting at um, an event um, for the Worship Well, which was just like a worship collective. Um, and they that's where I saw you. Yeah, Worship Well. And um, and uh, the word 
that came to my mind was sin. And so I started painting the picture. I, before I started painting the picture, I, I painted in big letters, S-I-N, on the canvas. And then from painting sin on the canvas, I smeared it with my hands and started painting this other picture um, surrounding that that word. And it's just the imagery that uh, the picture, I think it was a lion um, and the man with chains being the lion roaring and the man with chains, like chains breaking off of him. And it's just the idea that the ferocious warrior lion God that we serve breaks chains, breaks the chain of sin off of our life. Um, mm. And so I like to I like to start maybe with a word by writing a word on the canvas and then letting God do his thing from there. And that's that's always fun. What is the most out there thing that you've been inspired to do in worship? The most out there thing. Are you meaning like a dem dem demonstration? What? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Because I have just from the way you're speaking, you're like very free and I love it. And, and prophetic even, um, like, has there ever been something where God inspired you something that was like, made you surprised that you did it or God used you to do it? Hmm. I would say, yes, there have been many of those times when I go back to thinking something that's the most like out there thing that I've done in worship. I think prof prophecy is a big deal for me. Like, because I feel like when, when I create, sometimes when I create, whether it's in song or whether it's in dance, or any other way, uh, the Lord uses that pro prophetically. And so there have been moments in my life where I've been in a really difficult situation and I felt the urge, like the, the compelling to dance, but dance from a place of I've already got the victory, even though I wasn't in the place currently of right. victory. And I remember one time this, and I don't know who are the listeners listening to this or not, um, but maybe this story will help someone. I remember... Um, I was, I had a young child. He was three at the time and I was going through a divorce and, um, my ex-husband at the time was fighting or was telling me that he was going to try to go for full custody of my son. Um, and so I remember being in my apartment at the time with my three-year-old and I had a blanket of his from when he was a baby. Um, and I remember the spirit of the Lord, being like grab the blanket and wave it like a banner. And mm -hmm. I was okay. So I took the blanket and I danced around my house ferociously with this blanket, waving it around like a banner of victory. And my son who's three, doesn't know what's going on. And he thinks it's fun. So he's like, yay. And he's like following me around the house and we're dancing. And he doesn't know that I'm dancing for the victory over this battle that I'm in, but he's behind me and he's dancing with me. And at the end of the day, the story goes that I won that case. And but it was from the place of, in that moment, I was being threatened for my child to be taken from me. Right. But I, the Holy Spirit was saying, dance as if you've already won. And I used my son's baby blanket as a banner to wave. That's the, cool. In the face of the, the enemy to be like, hey, I've already won, <laughs> you know, like, just want you to know. And it was such a, such a, it was so counter or opposite of what was happening in the moment, opposite of what I was the feelings I was experiencing because I was like, oh my gosh, like he's going to figure out a way to, to have my baby, you know, and I don't know. And at the end of the day, um, the Lord, the Lord came through. And so 
I feel like prophetic acts like that, uh, when you feel the urge to do them, those are important because you never know what that's doing in the spiritual realm for you. And so um, I don't know why why I told that specific story, but I don't know who's listening, but maybe that story is helpful um, for them. I've also done that with song. Like there'll be moments where I remember uh, last year, I my my apartment that I was living in for five years, the the landlord said that they needed to renovate and that they weren't going to renew my lease. Nothing was wrong with me or they just needed to renovate the space. I had no idea where I was going to go. Inflation had happened. I was on a single team salary. I could not afford the rent that was available in the area. Everything was so expensive. And so I wrote a song called He Will Provide that really declared that, oh, the Lord covers me. I'm protected. I'm covered. He opened up the door for me. And I started speaking things that hadn't even happened yet. And the song was really prophetic before I even saw the manifestation. And um, I ended up buying a house. And now I'm this was all prophetic, though. Before it even happened, I had to sing as if it was going to happen. And I, yeah, my yeah. song. When I do that, I, if you're talking about the most outlandish thing that I'm doing, that I do in worship, it really is to write a song or sing a song that has that is the complete opposite of what I'm seeing in the natural. Yes. So I sing about victory, and I start singing about things that don't make sense, and I start singing about things that I'm imagining happening because the Lord uses your imagination; He will sanctify your imagination to be prophetic and to use, uh, to be used in creativity. And so I allow the the Lord to use my imagination to declare things that have not happened yet. And then they, and they happen. So that's not me. That's his faithfulness. You right. know, that's not the song that I wrote. It's nothing to do with me. That has everything to do with, with God using, using that and, and him just being faithful to come through. So I would say any kind of act of, any kind of prophetic act in the process of worship is uh, it's bold and it kind of breaks barriers and kind of gives you breakthroughs. So that would be my answer to that. I think that's why, like, uh, isn't there a scripture in, that says, uh, paraphrasing here, that the gospel is foolishness to the world, like foolishness. I think that's why. It's because a lot of times we're challenged to act differently than what quote unquote reality is showing us right and i've experienced so many miracles just like crazy stuff that happened that wouldn't have happened unless i stepped out in faith right yeah yep absolutely it does require faith you know the bible says without faith it's impossible to please god and then there's also scripture that says he uses the foolish things to confound the wise. It doesn't make sense sometimes. Sometimes things that God calls you to do, they don't, they don't make sense. Right. So he's like, what? Dance around my house with my son's baby blanket and wave it like I'm a lunatic, you know? Like, okay. That's why he says, don't lean on your own understanding. Yeah. This is true. Like he he does require some really outlandish acts of of faith i think that's what prophecy is like sometimes you'll feel compelled to tell someone hey the lord is saying this to me about you and you don't even know the person and you don't know right. why you're like i'm about to look like a straight up fool if this is not accurate. right you know but this is this is what god calls us to right so, so i got a weird question i don't even know if it's gonna make sense um but um, I've mentioned in a previous episode, probably multiple episodes, that one of the things that God is showing me is that 
there's like a disruption going to happen in the church, meaning the way things are done. Like, um, I think I used an analogy where if we go into the future, someone, if we take someone from now and bring him into the future of a church service, they won't know it's a church service because it, it's so different than the way we do church service now. Um, do you see any changes or is God giving you any like insight into how worship could change or the way we do worship? I know that's a weird question. No, no, it's not. A, it's not a weird question to a person who is spiritual. <laughs> like, I don't think it's weird. Here's what I think. I think that God has these phases when it comes to the church and when it comes to worship. There are seasons. There are moments of time where the music will sound like this or worship is, is it'll look like this. But I think because of the way of the world going, the direction that the world is going in, I think that when it comes to worship, church in general, I can't say that this is something that you can do across the board, but maybe um, I see home churches becoming a thing more where people are gathering more on intimate settings, not to go against the larger churches, but just because just because I think that the Lord wants us to come back to real community. Yes. And, yes. And, and the intimacy of allowing the Holy Spirit to move how he wants to move without any kind of hindrance for service structure. And it's hard to speak about these kind of things only because there's a time and place for everything, mm -hmm. you know, we're in the dispensation mm -hmm. time where the time and place is for it to be the way it is. But I believe that the Lord is leading people mm -hmm. to communicate more close, intimate community with, with each other and with him. Right. And when it comes to worship music, I believe that there are seasons for sounds. I, 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 I think yes. there is a season when the music is supposed to sound one way a season when the music is supposed to sound like another way. I do know and do believe that we're coming on another season where the sound mm -hmm. of work is going to be very different in the sense that it may not be your traditional worship song that you can sing in church because it's talking about real life issues. Um, and maybe it's not necessarily that kind of like <laughs> song that you hear mm -hmm. in service, but it's worship because it's talking and about God coming through. And so I think that God is raising up people who have heard the sound and who are making music based off of the sound that they're hearing. Yeah. And yeah, we'll see how that goes. I think that's that's what's happening. But I do see worship changing in the sense that um, it's becoming more authentic and people are becoming realer. Like, if that makes sense, more, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And when it when you do that... Um, that does change what even the even the image image of worship. So there's a rawness. There's like a rawness that you can't formulate, um, and you can't try to create it, right? Um, I definitely believe the church needs more community. I I I don't. I think there is like I I, I think we are so far from where community needs to be that we wouldn't recognize it and unless we experience it or we wouldn't know how to describe it 
Um, but I also think, unfortunately, um, that type of community is created through persecution. Um, and so when you look at, you know, Acts and you start reading the, the, the birth of the church and all that stuff, I mean, they were meeting each, each other's houses. They were, you know, um, sharing all their, all their resources with one another. Well, they were also being killed, you know, um, they were getting slaughtered and there is like a, um, I remember a friend telling me that there was this couple that came from, I think Iran, they got saved over there. And, um, I think God appeared to them through a dream and they got saved and then they got blessed and they came to America and they were living here for like a couple of years or whatever. And they wanted to go back. They wanted to go back to Iran and they said like, yeah, we're, we're being threatened over there and persecuted, but at least we were alive. Like you all are falling asleep here, you know? And there is a, it's just human nature. When you're comfortable, you get lazy, mm-hmm. you know, we get lazy. I, you know, I recently went to Asia, um, this year I went in July, spent most of July there and it was eye-opening for me to how lazy, and I, I would not consider myself a lazy person, but when when I was over there, I was like, oh my gosh, I just have, we have so much over here. Like we, comfort really does change you. Wow, that's powerful. I, I can attest to that. Um, just thinking about the story that you're telling me about these people who came from Iran. I remember going to Ivory Coast, Africa, and remember seeing, um, being in a service, like, um, oh, I don't, what are those those large services like where everyone comes? I, there's a specific word for it and it's escaping my mind right now. But I remember being at a service and I remember these people who seemingly had nothing really giving the most extravagant demonstrative praise to the Lord. I mean, they're sweating, their sweat is on, you know, dripping down their face and they are giving all that they have to worship God in demonstrative worship with their bodies. And I thought to myself, man, here we are in America bringing our coffee in the service. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. I have been. <laughs> Why are you attacking me? Why are you hitting me? I too have been guilty of this. I mean, I thought to myself, wow, these people. And then we, you know, <laughs> a song plays and we barely look. Hands were in worship. It's like, what? And here I am, Africa. And I asked my pastor at the time that I was going with, I was going with, a, um, I was under a prophet who I would consider a type of spiritual father who kind of raised me in the prophetic. And I said, you know, why is it that in Africa or even in foreign countries in general, because I saw it in Brazil too when I went to Brazil, I said, why is it that in countries outside of America, that the worship is just so much more demonstrative and impactful. And what what is what's what's going on? And he said the same thing. He was like, because in America, you guys are so comfortable, so comfortable, so privileged. You don't know why they are. They're praising because they're just happy. The Lord gave them breath. They're just happy. They lived another day. They're just and I, I came back so convicted from that trip. And I thought to myself, man. This is embarrassing. 
Like, this is embarrassing that they that that we we have so much. We're so blessed, and yet that that comfort causes us to kind of sink back when it comes to how we give our worship, and and it's just it's it's wild. So, um, I- that is so convicting because you know you know that people are picking their church by the quality of coffee being served. You know it. <laughs> And if you're not, you're you're showing late to church because you have to go to Dunkin' before. Embarrassment. We're guilty. I can attest. I am guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. Um, in times past, I will say I have been guilty of it. But I mean, um, I really feel like you're right. How's here's how to combat that? Like, because it's not that God doesn't want you blessed. It's that if you are blessed then you need to be really, really intentional about making your worship all the more extravagant because right. you should really be giving so much thanks because there are people out here who have nothing who are giving the most demonstrative, exaggerated, ostentatious, demo- you know, expressions of worship. Right. And if we compare ourselves to that, you know, it's kind of like it does call you, it calls you to attention. It calls you to be better. You know, right. To be more grateful. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's true. It's unique. Unless you step out of the United States, you know, and go to places where they don't have what we have, you you don't know. You don't. You you, you just don't know what you're uh, what you're entitled about. You know. Exactly. That's the best part. Inside. Right. That's perfect. Let's that. Listen, if you're choosing your church by the quality of worship music or quality of coffee, you need to go traveling. You need to like go on some kind of missions trip where like you're digging ditches and so that you could poop. Where they're using boxes to make the sound of the the beat for the for the song. If they have or it is the most small Dinky little Casio or something that you know that doesn't that you would never want to play. I mean, it's if they even have that. Some some churches don't even have the keyboard and they just use their voices because that's all they have. All they have, right? Not that we shouldn't have good worship because we have the resources in the United States to to give to have that kind of um, level of worship with our keyboards and our our instruments and stuff like that. It's just that how much more grateful should we be? How much more demonstrative should our worship? As we are, you know what I mean? Um, you, you said the word entitlement, and I thought, man, that sums it up right there. Like, we think entitled to sit in the presence of the Lord with a coffee during worship, and that's right. That is okay. Right. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, people are listening and they're like, Sean, and I, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm guilty before, <laughs> before I came to Discovery Church, it was the church I was visiting. And I love this church. This church is an amazing church, doing great things with the of God. But it was the first time that I was able to, that I came to a church where coffee was allowed in the sanctuary. This never happened to me. <laughs> this was just a couple of years ago, okay? Just two years ago. And I remember walking to the service and them having like coffee and donuts. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And then I walked into the service and people had their coffee and donuts in the service during worship and they're just sipping away. And I thought to myself, I've never, I've never been in a church where this was allowed. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just interesting. Um, we feel entitled. Like this is what I'm supposed to give me the red carpet treatment when I come to the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And, and 
and guys, I ain't like, I would not describe myself as religious and all this stuff, but it just, it is funny to see different cultures and to see what we've allowed, we've, we've allowed in the church and, and in service and all these things. Um, it affects our mindset. It affects our posture. It affects our posture before God uh, without us even really knowing it. And when it com comes down to it, um, what matters is your posture before God. Like, have your coffee, drink your coffee, you know? Yeah. Like, make sure your heart is, I'm not coming here for this coffee and I'm not coming here so I can be comfortable. I'm coming here because man, this week was tough, but thank God I'm alive. And I want to give him all the glory and I want to give him as much praise as I can because I'm just grateful that I get the opportunity to breathe today. And right. this having an like, attitude of gratitude. <laughs> Amen. And fear, like healthy fear of the Lord. I think that's one of the things that that um, is missing like in our culture today. It's a fear of God. And it's not a fear, like real fear of God causes you to like get closer to him. But it, it also, there's a level of respect there. There's like, you know, I don't want to be away from him. You know? It's so true. The The fear of the Lord, the reverence of God, the respect, the honor mm -hmm. of, of, of the presence of the Lord. Yeah, that's the beginning of mm -hmm. life. And I think that that is, it's like you said, do we, do we, have we lost that a little bit that causes us to be able to walk into his house and just be any kind of like loosey goosey. Now, the thing about it is, is that if we read in like Old Testament, we know that you really couldn't even really come close to the temple like that. If you didn't have your stuff together, I mean, you had to, you, had you would to, die. First of all, you come in and you have offerings prepared. You already know that you're, you, you can't just walk up in there any kind of way. So you have right. Uh, your your pigeons or whatever you're gonna give for an offering say because you have to make an offering to the Lord because you know you've sinned. Okay, so right. First, the first thing, repentance came before it all. You come, you come. <laughs> we don't even walk in the house of the Lord in repentance anymore. We just walk in like I'm here. You should be glad. <laughs> what? It is a different world. And guys, I, you know, I'm feeling so convicted myself you know like oh man <laughs> tell you it's not it's not like i tell you as as a as a worship pastor i'm always feeling the most convicted the most because like right because you have to live in it i have to live this life though i have to live this life you don't understand i am guilty of like being the worship leader whose life didn't necessarily align the songs that i was singing you know or whose right. life necessarily align with uh, the the lifestyle that I needed to live in order to be, to walk, to hold that title. You know right. what I mean? Right. Yeah, like worship, 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 worship is. It's so when the power of God fell, were you eating a jelly donut or was it like chocolate with sprinkles? I tend to go toward the strawberry frosted with the sprinkle but i'm gonna tell you right now it wasn't even my donut that was there it was the coffee <laughs> I, had a call. I was and at first i was so convicted i didn't do it i was like i'm not gonna do this like this and then you know as time progressed i was like oh it's okay <laughs> get to the service with me and then before you know it i was still worshiping and giving the lord praise but i had my coffee too and i thought oh sean like as long as your heart is right i really don't i really don't feel like the lord I don't know. I can't say that the Lord is offended. I just feel like I know he he 
he feels some sort of way about people who walk into his presence, not understanding the depth right. of the privilege that they have to be there. Yeah. Um, not in humility, uh, like you said, an entitlement. Um, and it is a matter of your heart posture, like you said. It is a matter yeah. of your heart. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So what is the future for Sean? Like what uh, you're you're involved with a lot of things. What do you what are you hoping for 2024 and beyond? My word. What's what am I hoping for 2024 and beyond? I am hoping my friend asked me the other day, what is your word for the year? Because we try to give each other words like my friend's word last year was brave and that kind of stuff. And my word for 2024 is be. E-E. And that's because I feel like there's a level of authenticity being myself that I have never tapped into to walk in and that I am walking in now that I'm fully full-fledged just moving forward in. And this level of authenticity allows me to be myself without the, kind of like we were talking about the other day, without the restriction with validation of other people. Uh, yeah. or for the people of other people to be myself. So for 2024, I see myself being fully authentically all that God created me to be, not without and with and without fear. And that has to do a lot with my creativity, me expressing myself freely when it comes to music, um, yeah. however it sounds, me expressing myself freely when it comes to art, however that looks, me expressing myself freely when it comes to just being myself in the kingdom of God and who God's called me to be for the kingdom. And that might be me standing on what I know is true, even though society and culture doesn't agree with it. You know, this, the, the way I see myself in 2024 is just authentic, <laughs> just fully authentic. And I see, I see a grace for that. And I see, um, abundance, abundance, not just financially, but abundance and peace because I know that God accepts the the real authentic version of me. Amen. And I'm excited about that. My my hopes for 2024 are so far beyond what I can express right now on this podcast, but I um my hopes are to um be able to just do all that God has called me to do, to do the work, to 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 complete the work, to do the work that I'm here to do, to raise my son to do the work that he's here to do. And um yeah, to glorify the Lord in everything to be a light that draws people to him. That is powerful. You know, I've been in that type of season. Um, and one of the things that God um, put in my heart is to work on being comfortable in my own skin, which is the same thing as being, right? Mm -hmm. um, mistakes and all. Yes. And yes. Yes. what's interesting is when you work on that, not only do you experience more peace and you have an ability to receive more of like what God wants to give you. I really believe that. Uh, but, but other people notice it. And I've had people just comment on things uh, because I've just become more comfortable in my own skin. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I think that it, God calls us to that. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, when we're made in his image and his likeness, we're made just the way he made us to be. And anytime we try to create a different version of who he's made us to be, it's a, it's a counterfeit. It's not, it's not who he's, he's, he's created. But when we come back to who he's made us to be, um, man, I think there's so many blessings in that. 
uh, I think that that's what glorifies the Lord the most when we are ourselves. And it's like you said, mistakes and all, because (laughs) (laughs) fine, God has made, he's given so much grace for even the mistakes that we make as our authentic selves. And so I'm very excited about, I think 2024 is a year, I know, I believe 2020 year of open doors for me and for lots of of people. Yes. And I, um, I believe that I'll have the discernment of what doors to walk through and what doors not to walk through. Because just because it's open doors doesn't mean all doors are supposed to be walked. That's the truth. That is the truth. I believe that I will walk into things that I've always wanted to walk into, but that just that are so far beyond my imagination because God's ordained for it to be bigger than I could even dream of. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to for my feet to be on the platform that he's created for them to be on, for my for my voice to be heard in the the nations that he's created for them to be heard in. I'm just I'm excited for the kingdom of God being built up through me worshiping, which is me being my expressive, authentic version of the self that God made me. So Well, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to witnessing it. So <laughs> I appreciate you. Um you've been such a a blessing like to have here on the podcast and just in in life in general um andrea and i love you um and it's interesting this conversation we (laughs) we talked about things that i never would have planned and i love it um (laughs) i love it god does all things he uses everything and so i hope i know and believe that whoever listens to this podcast it'll be a blessing to them in whatever season that they are in. So may the Lord be glorified in all things. Amen. Is there anything you want to tell the audience? Uh, well, you have a you have a, an album coming out. Yeah, I have I have a there's there's new music coming out next year. January 12th actually, I'm going to be releasing another single. Mm-hmm. Start really excited about that. And funny enough, fun fact, my son Trey wrote the bridge for the song and he's whining. Wow. I was written that when when he was seven years old. So it's like a couple of years old and I'm just putting it out. Um, so I'm excited to release that song. And then plan for the year is to uh, throughout the year to release multiple different singles. And then hopefully, God willing, I will be able to have a big kind of like album, full album release party, um, concert situation thing. And hey. if the Lord, if the Lord permits I would love to also for that to be an event that I also release new visual art. So like a gallery night slash concert night where everyone comes and just enjoys the new music and enjoys the new art and all for his glory. Amen. Uh, Maybe we could have you out before the concert and then you could tell people about it. Absolutely. That'd be so great. So yeah, if you're listening and you are wanting to check check out Sean Osina Music, my name is spelled differently. Let me spell it for you. <laughs> C-H-A-N is Sean, last name Osina, O-C-C-E-N-A, and then music. Check that out on iTunes, Amazon, YouTube, any kind of place that streams music. And that'll be coming out January 12th. And there's already older songs and singles that I've released out. So, And then if you're looking to follow some art, you can follow my page on Instagram. I'll have to spell it out for you as well. It's Taka Shanique. It's T-A-K-A-C-H-A. N-I-Q-E stands for the artist known as legal. Find some good stuff that inspires you and motivates you in your creative journey. That's great. And we'll make sure to put that in the description so that people can follow you. 
thank you. Thanks again, Sean, for being part of the show. We appreciate you. I thank you so much. Love you and Andrea so much. Thank you so much for being friends. And I just pray a blessing over this podcast that it just reaches the ears of everyone that it's supposed to and that it just totally builds up the kingdom. Thank you for giving me to the Lord to do it. Amen. Hey, I hope you liked the show. If you got something from it and want to bless me back, leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and also subscribe to my channel. If you want to connect with me on social media, my Instagram is at kingdom.moves. I pray that God gives you hope and that you step into everything he's got planned for you. Peace.